Whether you're for Trump, Biden, or Jorgensen, the results might be in, and maybe you're going to be disappointed. Let's go. Hey there, I'm Thomas. And I'm Sam. And this is the Silent Planet Podcast. Maybe you are disappointed at the election results. If if the election results are even in, which they may not be, this episode is being recorded on um, October 30th. So election day is this coming Tuesday, which will be the third. Um, but you're not listening to this until the sixth Friday. Yeah. So yeah. Um, depending on how they've calculated all the votes, since it's all mail-in or half mail-in and half in-person, whatever, they may still be calculating. We don't know, but uh, but you have more information than we do. So Right. Right, more to go on than we do, um, and this, of course, is a pivotal uh, election. So, regardless of where you uh, stand politically speaking, it's important, right? And we're all concerned one way or the other um, which direction this goes. But it's important to remember that God is sovereign. So, regardless of if you find yourself in a position where you're disappointed, then ultimately we can't derail God's plan for. Um, any governing authority, right? Much less this experiment we call America. Yeah. So, um, but uh, on that, some some points of note here as we're moving into this election. Um, generally speaking, when it's a, a mid, instead of the full eight-year two terms, but it's a midterm, most of the time, the person who's already done their first four years gets elected the second round. Right, you don't even do a primary in that instance, right? So mm. we didn't do a primary for a, another Republican candidate because it was Trump running for the next four years. Right, yeah. we just moved right into that. Normally speaking, the person who's started with those four years, unless things have gone very, very badly, uh, they will continue. Generally speaking, if if people think, okay, we're we're not in. Uh, terribly worse shape than we were four years ago. What convolutes that this year is that we have this giant pandemic going on. Mm -hmm. So no one is better off than they were necessarily four years ago, but that gets wrapped up into the the pandemic. We that would be the case no matter who was in office. Yeah. There's there was and that's also the case all the way across the world. Doesn't matter where you are. Right, they still have Corona in Japan and China and um, Korea as well, and they're not better off than they were four years ago. It doesn't have anything to do with who's who's in charge. We that also was have, just going to happen. Yeah, we're, we're all, I mean, we're also looking at a lot of racial tension too. Yeah, which I mean, and that's the thing is is racial tension. I think that it's always kind of been around, but it, it seems to linger until things get politically intense. Yeah. Um, whether that's for a local, you know, election or for a national election, I feel like it, it gets inflamed. Not going to say it doesn't exist. I'm not going to say it does, but I will say um, it definitely gets inflamed yeah. around this time. And you can always find a case somewhere or another. It's not like the, at what point are we going to say we have exhaustively removed this or that particular sin from all society? Yeah. That's, that's uh, crazy to think. We're we're always going to have greedy people. We're always going to have you know people that are um, that that are violent or are angry mm. or you know you just can't like get rid of 
sin, you can't get rid of a particular sin, and racism falls in that category. It is a particular sin. So there will always be probably individual cases of it yeah. that will prop up here and there. And then uh, at least in this particular cycle, those individual cases were easily used to manifest and say there's something much larger than that going on. Well, yeah. Yeah. There, there isn't so much that, you know, there's a demonic realm yeah. and it, it influences uh, uh, and, and kind of pulls the strings sometimes when it comes to large scale societal and how we respond to things. But, but case by case, person by person, and that's really what a society is. It's yeah. people. It's person to person and community uh, to community, household to household. Um, uh, I, I still hold the view that, basically speaking, if you're you know go through life with the principle of try not to be a jerk, mm-hmm. it, you'll do pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and and in, a, in modern modern society, it's not uh, it's not difficult anymore like that's the thing is i'm not going to say it's it's excusable the behavior of some people in in our our past history but like imagine your society being one way your entire life and then out of nowhere like for uh for better or i guess lack of a better example 1920s women's rights came about Mm -hmm. that's a difficult pill for some people to swallow including women there were a lot of women who uh, protested against getting rights which is kind of weird but um they grew up in a society without it so that's difficult for them to overcome we grew up in a society where women had rights so it's not a difficult thing i mean i I know that's kind of like a um a joke a running joke all the time people in like the younger generation like to make jokes about women get back in the kitchen and stuff like that we could probably do to eliminate that and slap the wrist whenever those pop up but at the same time nobody hears against that um you know women actually having rights yeah say for like probably a a very very tiny percentage of lunatics out there um but I i think the same goes for for racial issues yeah um just out of my own personal experience as which a lot of experiences have to be you know individual personalized right. experience you can only speak are, out of your experience yeah gen- right? generalizations are not not a great thing honestly but for my own personal experience um having uh the majority of my supervisors or or managers or whatever in in my working history uh first off being woman and then about half or, or more being black um i I have trouble seeing certain aspects of um, racial oppression in modern society, but yeah. that's not to say that those uh, those aspects weren't, you know, prevalent in like the fifties and the sixties yeah. yeah. and the seventies yeah. because they grew up in a time where it was it that was a normal thing, so they had to learn how to weed that out. But I feel like nowadays we don't really have to to learn as a society this is bad. You shouldn't be racist. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I know there's, there's probably still people around from the, the ninth or early, you know, early, early days of, uh, of merging, uh, cultures that, that are probably still kind of racist, but we're, we're not really as a, as a bulk society there anymore. I don't think. Yeah. And the, the, every generation as it passes from one to the next, what becomes, not not really the the ruling class, so to speak, but what are the ones that make up that population that is in the um, the the workforce, mm-hmm. right? The workforce is passed from the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Um, the workforce is still in my generation, which is the um, crossers, Gen Crossers, or uh, Generation uh, X. Yeah, I'm I'm right on the tail end of X, mm-hmm. right? But but even even we have passed on to you know the the Y and the millennials and these younger generations now are in the working class, which kind of puts them in the position of being 
what informs our what is the norm? What mm. what informs the norm of of today? Who who are the new HR managers? Yeah, yeah, Which, exactly. Right. And who are making those decisions, <laughs> yeah. right? And who the uh, people that are taking office, political office, being you know my age or younger, generally speaking, right? Aside from presidential office, because yeah, one, one way or the other, probably who's won the election is somebody who who is older in that case than I am. But when you look more and more and more, you're going to see that, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, the, the next generation is taking up and what is normal for them is not what was normal for the generation before, right? We're always kind of hopefully paving a path that's better for the next generation. Mm -hmm. So if that's been true, then the legacy of people that lived through the civil rights movement the legacy of that is to say that they made a change mm-hmm. for the next generation, for the following generations. A positive right? one. Yeah, hopefully. a positive one. And that was primarily boomers, mm-hmm. right? And and maybe some generation Xers, but early generation Xers. So they were ahead of my time. And they certainly, I would say, made a difference in my time in such that we see race differently. From yeah. one generation to the next, and I think it moves itself in a better direction that way um, as we reform how how we see these things, as we as we work these things, so to speak, out of, and then all of a sudden they they crop up again in an individual sense, right? Or we use that. I think in part there's a lie there that's mm-hmm. that's used in order to make an agenda. Well, and that and you you can see that on on both sides, given the fact that both Donald Trump and Joe Biden have constantly been called racist. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is there's, there's racial things that, uh, Ob- or sorry, that, uh, not Obama. I say Obama, I'm just mean the Obama administration, I guess, but there are racial things that Joe Biden has said back in the, uh, the sixties and the seventies that are like, yeah, that's, that's 100% racist. And then there's, um, things that Donald Trump has said while in office and behaviors that he's, um, he's, I guess, uh, shown mm-hmm. that can be taken as racist as well. So it's kind of like, how do you really discern through the muck? And that not not to make this episode all about race, because it's not. I mean, it's about, about how how do we how do we go forward when one of these individuals gets picked? Because regardless right. of what happens, if Joe Biden gets elected or Donald Trump gets elected, I'm sorry for all of you libertarians out there. I don't think Jorgensen's going to make no. it. But um, it's still a two party system, what, whether we like it or not. Yeah. What What are we going to do, right? If If I so I'm I'm a Trump supporter personally, and that's that's we should be we should be all able to say I support Trump or Biden and not get beat over the head verbally or assaulted or whatever. So right. we'll clear the air that way right there. So I'm a Trump supporter. If Joe Joe Biden gets in office, what what do I do? Yeah, right? Cause, yeah. Today we're talking about worst case scenario. Right. So regardless of who actually won, and if it's a you know a situation where both of us would be, um, um, it, it wouldn't be worst case scenario that the the party candidate that we voted for did get in office. Mm-hmm. Um, these rules would still apply in the reverse, and you know, it, so it shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. If you confess Christ, if you believe the Bible is accurate then hopefully you trust in Romans chapter 13 also, mm-hmm. right? God's still sovereign. If you were dead set that, you know, Trump is the Antichrist, well, we made it through four years. We'll make it through four more. 
Well, right? and then the same same goes and for the same if, goes if yeah. you know you you were um, um, all set that you know Trump was going to write everything in the world, and now he's lost this uh, election, and uh, Joe Biden's in charge, and you know you're convinced that we're headed towards socialism and the rapture yeah all, all that other stuff and you know in that case i would say i'm you know just full disclosure that's where i'd be yeah. <laughs> you know i'm thinking great socialism here we go big step in that direction um then uh, uh all the same it's a reminder that god is sovereign romans chapter 13 yeah you know still applies and so. and just as a i guess maybe a disclaimer I, as a christian i'm not saying that all christians are now in a trump boat um i think that's the uh the herd mentality there, there are a lot of christians out there that are not for trump at all well yeah they i always stand them um, stand man and that, that's okay seeing you as know? how how uh politically charged the last what eight months have been mm -hmm. you know i've i've come to follow a lot of uh, thinkers and podcasts that I hadn't before. And, uh, there are, you know, whole studies and discussions about why, um, the, uh, the, the black church community, Christian community would still, um, generally speaking, and even more so than, you know, the white conservative Christian might support a uh, Republican candidate. The black church is, is even more so going to support usually a, a democratic candidate. Yeah. Right. Um, the just different priorities at play right. here. So. And that, that's the thing to keep in mind. So um, what, one thing that drives me absolutely up a wall is the, the herd, like I said a second ago, the herd mentality. If you are Christian, then you should vote for Trump. I, I don't like that at all. Yeah. It takes any, any sense of individuality out of you. You're not a free thinker anymore. Um, you know, I, I would, at the very least, I mean, you can line up with Trump and vote for him and, and whatever. Just like, I, I mean, I do. But I, I've come to my conclusions off of my own my own thoughts and beliefs. I'm not just following the trend, yeah. so to speak. And, and I encourage people to actually, um, well, and I guess at this point, it's probably too late for everybody listening, but in the future, I encourage everybody to make their own opinions on the candidates based off of their policies, not based off of the fact that you think the church ought to vote conservative. Yeah. Well, and regardless of, um, it, it's, it's easy to see um, because he's been so public in his life, the moral failings, of Donald Trump. Yeah. He's put himself out there in such a way uh, that we know about his his marital record isn't great, right? <laughs> we, we've we heard comments that aren't great. We know his business dealings haven't always been on the, the up and up, so to speak. This is not... This is not a candidate necessarily that the church would hold up as um, um, new pastor. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, we or wouldn't vote for him as weekend buddy. And 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 I'm also of the um, uh, full disclosure uh, in a different place than I was four years ago. Right yeah. four four years ago, um, because of some of these obvious moral failings, um, I didn't feel entirely that Donald Trump um, had was qualified for this office, for the office office of president. But in my disappointment came mostly out of the primaries. Mm -hmm. why, why did he become the Republican nominee because of that? Uh, so, you know, in my vote, I voted not for Hillary and not for Trump, but, you know, kind of against the system. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm not doing that this time. Yeah. Right. Uh, we've got four years now where he's, I think, proved himself, regardless of his past, regardless of his uh, obvious moral failings. Um, I think he's got a team of people around him and that he's committed to making policies, at least, that are pro life, that are, you know, um, supportive of, you know, what I value in my own Christian, you know, uh, 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 as far as triage of what things are most important, um, that he stood up for those things. Yeah. I think he's made good policy decisions, right? So I'm in a different place than I was four years ago. Um, but that is to say, too, what are my other options? If somebody was just dead set, they're not going to vote on Trump because he somehow has, um, uh, in their mind, uh, made himself unfit for office prior to being in office, because I don't think that would be in the last four years. Yeah. That would have been, you know, prior to, if they still feel like I did four years ago, regardless of uh, where we've come. And I think it's, in all fairness, you have to admit, when you assess, am I better off than I was four years ago? You have to assess that prior to COVID taking over mm-hmm. because it, it demolished the uh, landscape, financially speaking, of the entire world. Yeah. Right. We we can't put that on Trump. I'm sorry. You just can't. Well, and, and you, you really can't. Nobody's because, better off than they were. Yeah. A- acting too soon or too late. That that whole debate is stupid anyways, because um, in general, when he when he tried to act and, you know, cancel flights and stuff like that from, I think, Wuhan, uh, they called him xenophobic. Yeah. And, and then after he finally shut the the you know everything down and the, the virus was hitting everybody and everybody's getting infected yeah they were like you didn't act fast enough so we're going to cancel all that right now yeah yeah you, we're not really going to look that's at not how. a legitimate claim from the left that yeah. he didn't move fast enough because when he did move they criticized him for it so right. i'm sorry that's end of story there yeah right they don't get to make that claim we can we can safely look at everything pre-covid right though and see that right. track record and i think that track record i was better off yeah. Than I had been, you know, under the uh, uh, Obama administrations, as far as like my own family and financially speaking, and I think that's true across the country. I don't think yeah. that's just true in my house. Um, so yeah, I think you have to think in terms of of pre pre COVID, and uh, that that would qualify him um, for not just um, a nominee but reelection. You know, I'm yeah. I'm all for it now, but, as am I. But let, let's let's play the devil's advocate. Let's say here, I mean, you know, and, and that's the thing is like I'm, the the polls are the polls. You know, they, they, as of right now, at least from what I'm I'm seeing, the the polls are kind of in uh, favor of Biden. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit, but it looks like Trump's kind of making a little bit of a yeah. comeback. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of hard to tell at this point. We're we're not really positive, but let's say and play devil's advocate, and and just for the sake of this, that if you are a Trump supporter, Biden gets in office. Well, what what do we do? You know what I mean? Do we do we lose our mind and do we start breaking things and do we scream and do we act like children? No. Yeah. We shouldn't. Well, um, and I don't think you will find like when um <laughs> Trump was elected the first time the picture of the the woman just screaming. Yeah. You know, like yeah, uh, yeah that that's well, there, there's there's an adult way to handle this. Yeah. And I think it will be uh dealt with with uh, um, more maturity if uh, Biden does win. Well, and that's the thing. So I'm, I'm not 
I'm not. I'm. I'm doing the best I can. That's the thing. Is both of us are kind of Trump supporters right now, and the both of us are Christian conservatives. So obviously the episode is going to seem pretty biased. But I'm. I'm doing my absolute best to try to be as unbiased as possible. And in my personal opinion, I think that the left has a tendency to to overreact to a lot of things. Um, in in this election, we're, we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna see. I, I, this is just a Thomas prediction, I suppose. We're, we're going to see one of two things. If Biden gets in office, I think there's going to be a lot of. Um, a lot of conservatives are going to be really upset. We're, we're all going to be really upset. But I don't think we're going to see the level of, um, you know, sheer lunacy. Yeah. You know, that you could possibly expect. I think if Trump wins, I fully expect rioting to just go up. Yeah, up, up. yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think in I'm thinking in terms of if I put myself in the worst case scenario, then um, I'm going to be much, much more conservative financially speaking. Yeah. Right. It's going to be like, um, do we really need to spend that $5 on whatever that is uh, down to that degree um, just because we might need that $5 later? I'm going to start investing in gold. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. The the financial issue, I think, is going to be a big one um, uh, considering the cost of headed towards, again, bigger government and the more government controls and all of that, you have to hold on to your money tighter, mm-hmm. right? This isn't going to be a, a, a spending time. That's how it will weigh itself out. Yes, I believe the opposite of that is that if Trump wins, then the people that are disappointed will burn things down, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I think between the two, um, that is not cool (laughs) right i'm gonna point my finger at that and say no bad you know behave yourself yeah um because you didn't win an election you're destroying things and if the reverse is true and um i didn't get what i was hoping uh would happen um i'm just saving my money yeah you know well, uh, listen, I can, I can, I can honestly make that promise. I won't be all up in arms. Yeah, I, I'll be mad. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I will be upset, and my wife and I will probably talk for uh, about an hour about it, maybe a two. And then I might talk to my in-laws about it and be frustrated and express that. But I, I, I won't be, I won't be destroying property. I won't right. be attacking somebody. I'm, I'm not going to call up uh, any of my liberal family members and be like, I hate you. Like it's not going to happen. I won't be cutting people off. Yeah. you know what I mean. I won't be severing relationships. Right. Right, because that, yeah, that, that's ultimately, people. yeah, that's ultimately like the the goal of humanity is to is to love your family and friends, have children, reproduce, uh, contribute to society. You want good things, and you want people to succeed. Like I don't wish ill on anybody. Yeah. Um. So I, I will actively make that promise that yeah. I'm, I won't freak out regardless of the election, um, you know, results. Um. But yeah, so we, we should uh, we should at the very least look at kind of what Scripture has to say. Um, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like this election is is really pivotal in the Christian community. I feel like um, a lot of Christians are putting a lot of hope in Donald Trump, and um, <clears throat> if that hope doesn't come through, if he doesn't win, we shouldn't freak out. No. Um, yes, it, it is a step towards socialism. Yes, it's not your candidate. Yes, um, I feel like abortion laws might get a little bit. Oh yeah, more intense. Yeah, yeah. They'll but, they'll they'll take more of our money, and you know, more money will go to that. Yeah, you know. But we shouldn't freak. Funded dollars shouldn't freak out. Yeah, uh, God ultimately is sovereign. He is in control. Um, and and even in the the grand sovereign providence of God, 
um, the Israelites were overthrown and sent into captivity for very long generations. They were uh, owned by the Egyptians. They were owned by the Babylonians. It, this happened several times through the Old Testament history, right? That I should clarify. A foreign nation came in and and overtook the covenant community of God. Yeah. I, sorry, real quick. I should at least clarify uh, my previous statement. Um, if Trump wins, you know, because like once again, I'm trying to do my best to not basket all Christians into the Trump train. Yeah. Because all Christians are not in the Trump train, and nobody should expect that to be the case. So if Trump wins and you didn't vote for him, but you're in the Christian community, I mean this, and this, I guess this goes for everybody as well. But this is just a, a look at what the Bible has to say about this stuff um, specifically. But anyways, yeah. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, regardless of if you're disappointed, then um, you're you're in good company. All of the Israelites were very disappointed, right? And they weren't all guilty because part of um, the Israelites being brought into captivity, whether it was the Babylonians or the Egyptians or whatever it was, uh, a lot of that had to do with their own moral failings, right? They start serving foreign gods and things like that. Um, the the uh, it's we'll say regularly that you know there there came a king who didn't follow in the ways of his father or didn't follow in the ways of his lord, right? And he, he did what was right in his own eyes. And and that will create a whole generation of people who then start following. They also start doing what's right in their own eyes and start following foreign gods. And, you know, everything kind of goes to pot. And ultimately God judges the nation of Israel by having a, a pagan group come in and take them captive. And they get pulled away from the covenant uh, home, from the land they were promised, and they have to go live in a foreign land. Whole generations grow up in captivity, grow up in this foreign land, and they weren't all guilty necessarily Mm. of idol worship, right? But as a society, it was happening. It was pretty rampant. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean every single person was guilty of it. However, as a society... They got pulled away and taken into captivity, and you know that that still happened. So, regardless of of who won or who wins, if you're disappointed, well, they were too, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. it it yeah, still yeah. it still happened to where you're in you're in the company of the Israelites who had been uh, taken into captivity by a a uh, a pagan group, right? And that was within the sovereign plan of God. So if we find ourselves and you feel like, okay, the country's now run by pagans, <laughs> you know, uh, regardless of who that is, um, we are still within the sovereign plan of God, right? Mm-hmm. And we probably have earned that to some extent because, and we definitely have in this country, because we elect these people. Yeah. We, we put them in office, and then, uh, uh, particularly here in these recent elections, um, they come really, really close. Yeah. Right. There's, there's no like, uh, even the idea of somebody uh, winning the the popular vote and that also being the electoral vote. You know, it, it's starting to split down the middle, and it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that creates a divide of you know, should we even have this electoral college or should we only do 
uh, by popular vote. Well, then you're allowing 51% of the people to decide the policy. And, you know, we had Daniel on and talked about where that can get problematic, Mm -hmm. right? right? If it's just a majority rule, that can turn into a mob rule as well. However, we might very well vote in people that head us in that direction. Right. Right. So if we end up in that, we probably to some extent have earned that because we keep electing these people. Right. right. Regardless. But um, but that doesn't change the sovereignty of God. And also, well, and but I mean, it still doesn't. It doesn't make it an easier pill to swallow. No, that it is doesn't. Part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's still every minute of it, even knowing God is sovereign. Every minute of it sucked for the Israelites having to leave their home and go live in uh, Babylonia under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nothing fun about that, right? That that was all bad. But uh, uh, regardless, that didn't change the fact that God's still sovereign, yeah. right? Even if even if uh, it feels like um, the world's gone to pot, the world's gone to pot before. It's yeah. gone, you know, probably worse than than it can go right now, even in the worst case scenario. So um, that's hopefully some encouragement in the process. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say this um, as far as as human interaction goes, being politically divided should not equal um, socially divided. Yeah. You know, as far as as far as like family and friends and stuff goes, as I said a minute ago, that's like the ultimate goal is we want to have a thriving um, society, uh, I think it's important when when family and friends don't line up politically. It, it, you can't you can't expect your own your own thoughts and opinions to be one hundred percent perfect. Yeah, and the mo- the moment you do, you start going down this road of okay, well, I can't I, I can't associate with that person because they're not on uh, the right side of morality or, or ethics. So therefore, they are now cut off. Um, I I will speak out harshly against that. That yeah. is wrong. Yeah. Regardless in, of your standpoints, in in so much too as we talked about um, generations, if they if they make a, um, a a move in the right direction with the moral compass, then the next generation doesn't have to work as hard mm-hmm. to to move that way. Um, I don't know that we've made necessarily a good move in the right direction in how devi- divisive some of these issues have gotten. I've said before when I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old. I didn't give a, a rip about yeah. political stuff. You didn't have to. Well, Basically, <laughs> whoever got into office was going to be somebody who was kind of in the middle mm-hmm. of everything, right? Um, it, it, it was more an, a question of uh, big spending or little spending, mm-hmm. big government or little government, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Everybody was in favor of having things like a strong military, uh, everybody was, it was just as easy to find a um, pro-life person in the Democratic Party as it was in the Republican Party, Yeah, right? It wasn't split on those kind of things. I, I wonder, I wonder, I guess just maybe it's just as society changes, why why things have gone so vastly extreme Yeah, on the right and left. I'm talking if you're conservative, you're 100% expected to be pro uh, pro-life. If you're yeah. on the Democrat, you're a hundred percent expected to be pro-choice. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You right. know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Find, find a Democrat, democratic candidate. That's, that's pro-life right yeah. now. And right it's, now it, we're, we're in a, a day and age where you can say one thing about like what type of policy you support. And then now I know everything about what you support. Yeah. And which is, that shouldn't be the case, but it is. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder what it is. That's kind of pushed us so far. Um, 
to these extremes, which I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really help when you're, you're arguing against the herd mentality. You know, when, when I say I support Trump, then you probably know about 99% of what I support. Uh, it's, it's difficult for me to, to explain that I still have my own mental individuality about it. Right. That I've made these decisions on my own. Yeah. Um, you're immediately pigeonholed. Pigeonholed. In, but, and, into and, but that's the thing. They might be right. They might be well, right. Well, they'll be right on, on certain things and then yeah. they'll assume other things if you're on the other side. Yeah. Right, because that'll also mean that you're privileged and you, um, obviously, probably wealthy, and you know that's not necessarily the case. Well, yeah, and in, in my situation, which um, we, we we might do a testimony episode later down the road. I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but uh, my own case, I, we weren't necessarily in the privileged basket right, right. Uh, growing up. It wasn't. It wasn't exactly great. Yeah. So uh, you, they're pigeonholed, and, and they're be correct in some things, assuming that you, you know, well, if you're pro Trump, you're probably pro life, and you know, you're probably pro pro police, and you're probably pro, pro, pro military, pro and, military, and yeah, and they'd be right on a lot of that stuff, yeah. but they'd also assume things like, you know, you're they'd assume automatically that you, you must be one of the ones that are wealthy enough that you're somehow going to benefit more than everybody else would benefit from just a strong economy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we're pro-strong economy. We believe everybody benefits in a strong economy, right? The other side of that is, uh, no, only the, the richest of the rich benefit in a strong economy and uh the only way everybody benefits is if we um if the government owns everything and they i mean uh, they give you yeah. your paycheck every month so which is not uh, well that's yeah. that, this is not a socialism yeah episode yeah where, so yeah so what let's let's look at romans 13 <laughs> yeah romans 13 before i get on a crazy tangent here every, lead us away. every person uh, this is 13, 1 through 7. Every person is to be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause for fear, for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a servant of God for you to for for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a servant of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this you also pay taxes, for rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Pay to all what is due to them, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, respect to whom respect, and honor to whom honor. And that that what is that's Romans thirteen, one through seven, and that goes for Trump or Biden right. or Jorgensen. I hope I don't think she's gonna make it. Right, right. Regardless, God is sovereign. So the governing authorities, whoever that is, who comes into the presidential office, um, and this could also be extended to the Senate too, right? Because we're looking at that as well, and a possible change in the House of uh, whether it being you know more Republican or Democrat. But that is the authority. The, mm-hmm. Our governing authority is those offices. So we're supposed to be subject to right this idea of being submissive to 
uh, authority, right? And that also is not a popular idea right now, to be submissive to authority. But within the Christian worldview, there's a clear idea that God is the source of all authority and that he kind of divvies out authority Mm -hmm. in a certain model. It is appropriate for um, the parents to have authority over the kids and for the kids to be submissive to the authority of the parents. Now, granted, that gets abused. Yes, there are cases where the kids happen to be more adult than the parents, Mm -hmm. and the parents use that authority very, very bad. But that doesn't change the fact that on the whole, (laughs) right, the general idea is that parents know better and do uh, make decisions on the basis of the welfare of the entire family, Mm -hmm. right? And that's how authority is supposed to work. So we assume in this case that the governing authorities are people that will make decisions that's in the welfare and benefit of everyone, right? Or in at least the the most can be benefited from the decisions that that they make. And uh, it, it doesn't help us in the long run to um, to kick against that authority, right? But yeah. to rather be uh, submissive to that authority. Because if in true those policies are in the betterment of everyone, then we'll all benefit from them. So that's that's the, the larger question there. And that's so, not to say there's there's times where you, you have to stand up against authority. There's been rebellions and those yeah, rebellions yeah, yeah. have been within, you know, the will of God when an authority directly opposes um, the moral law and the moral truth, it might be appropriate to stand up against that authority. There are regimes that are at their core evil, right? And it might be appropriate in those instances to to stand up against them. But um, in our case, this is uh, the authority, regardless of where it lands, it was an authority we elected, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's we're hard-pressed. It, it was still a, a fairly free election. Uh, whoever gets into that office is somebody that, um, to some extent, a majority or our um, electoral college, which, you know, it sets itself up on how how spread out the nation is so that one one majority doesn't necessarily have the benefit over the other. We don't want like just the coastal cities, your New York and your California, the the states that have mm-hmm. the most people right. to be making the policies for the entire country. So it's also set up in a way that it's a popular as well as a um, uh, a look at the expanse of what our nation is and what's best for everyone where you live and by numbers right yeah. and and we're there we elected somebody into that position to make policies for the betterment of all of us hopefully we choose wisely right that's that's the concern there but even if even if not, uh, I don't know that 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 uh, gives us the right necessarily to stand up in opposition to that, you know, because it was an elected position. This wasn't a, a case of where some other country came in and took us captive. Yeah. Even then, if it happened, it would be within the sovereign will of God, and uh, we probably, to some extent, would have earned that. Yeah. Right. By the people we elected, not protecting us well, as so. it, as it stands with the with the current election if you all have the um the results by now and if you are d- disappointed i i ask you you know don't 
don't take up your weapons and start bashing in windows and cars. Yeah. Stop looking at your um, your political opponent or opposition as uh, you know as an enemy and and maybe try to start finding some common ground because once again, uh, political opinions are not the goal. The goal is you know friendships, family, uh, Christ, you know repopulation, things like that. That's the human the human goal. Yeah, you know. And and if you're really disappointed then um, you you ought to be able to uh, uh, assume that things had to get worse before they can get better, yeah. right? Um, you might be wrong. <laughs> you might be on the wrong side there, and things actually get better, right? And and uh, that's kind of what I thought four years ago. I thought we, we've got somebody who's probably not qualified, and things are probably going to get worse, before they get better, and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. The the uh, course of the policies, I think, put us in a better place, uh, at least up until the pandemic, um, right. than we had been. And um, my my hope is that we'll be able to uh, one come back from the pandemic and then continue to move in that direction. But that may not be how things end. We don't even know the extent of the pandemic. We may be looking at a whole new normal, which four years from now is still the case. Now I really hope that's not um, the condition, but, but we don't know. There's a, there's a lot of unknown going on right now. Yeah. Um, And that also feeds into the fears. And when you can convince somebody to uh, act on the basis of fear as their motivation, then uh, they'll do things that don't necessarily make sense, mm-hmm. right? Because you're leaving your mind behind and you're just operating on emotion and they do things like, you know, loot and destroy and tear things up. and All in the name of something that has nothing to do with looting and yeah. <laughs> destroying. I just hope within the next week, because again, we're recording this prior to the election, we don't see a whole lot more of that. Now, yeah. You know, I don't know what that will lend to, but, but I'll, I'll consider it a victory if a week from now, another city hasn't burned down or, you know, been, been torn up or, um, that our, our general, like across the nation homicides haven't like jumped again, um, which tends to happen, (laughs) you know, We'll, we'll hope not, but at least, yeah, take, take, take note and, and take at least some, some reassurance and peace in the fact that it is part of God's plan it's going to be all right. Yeah. It, it will be all right. Like it, you might see policies that you don't like get, you know, put in place. It, it's going to be all right. Right. We, we promise that much at the very least it's going to be all right. And, uh, we, yeah, you cannot derail <laughs> God's plan. Yeah. You can't derail God's plan. So worst case scenario, God's still sovereign. God's still in charge. Um, and, and, uh, handle your disappointment with grace and dignity. Maybe if focus on Christian. something else. You know, pick up a pick up a new book. Maybe get out of politics for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know. Politics always have a tendency to to be blown. Like if you focus solely on them, they have a tendency to be blown up and be way way worse in your mind than they really are. Um, I mean, just like the last four years. You know what what's really happened in the past four years? You know, on your personal day to day life, um, that's changed. Not not too much. Yeah. I'd say not too much. You know, and that's that's all right. That's fair to say. Yeah, and I think it's also fair to say if you basically go back to the principle of don't be a jerk, mm-hmm. right? We would all do well that way. Yeah. If you just go back to love God and treat your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Right? The, those 
two base commandments here. You, know, you had a law of ten words, and then uh, um, with uh, some of the, the prophets, that got cut down to, to closer to, to three, right? Malachi talks about, like, do justice, love mercy. Uh, it comes down to three there. And then uh, um, when Jesus comes on the scene, he cuts it down to two. Love God, love your neighbor, or treat your neighbor as yourself, right? And I think in particular that second one, if we all did better at that and just, you know, don't be a jerk, <laughs> then that right there can make a huge difference in yeah. your personal life and in your community and, and everything else. Um, and, and a lot, I think, of our uh, uh, hyper-inflated fear comes uh, at the expense of assuming the worst of somebody else, yeah. assuming the worst that uh, um, wh- whoever is in charge is going to make the absolute worst decisions they can make. Well, would you make those decisions if you were in charge? Would you really go, you know, the worst direction you can? Probably not. Yeah. Right. Most most of us in the end, I think, just want to get through the day and. Um, be able to go on to tomorrow with a clear conscience. So if you behave that way, regardless of your disappointment, then it'll be okay. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, shorter episode today. If you like our podcast, uh, like and share it on Facebook. Share it with your friends and your family. We are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a whole slew of other podcast plat- platforms I don't want to even talk about right now. Um Yeah, uh, once again, this is Thomas. And I'm Sam. And this has been the Silent Planet Podcast. We will catch you all next week.